in the effort from the time Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam was born in the house of Nubuwa there was always going to be no food in the house of Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam's mother Amina radiyallahu ta'ala anha passes away he's taken care of by Abu Talib Abu Talib he says we don't have any food in the house you have to start working Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam joins him in his different expeditions there was no food during that time Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam when he was being taken care of by Abu Talib Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam he mentioned that if he wanted he could have had the mountains following him not only mountains but mountains of gold following him but Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam he himself chose poverty during the battle of Khandaq the battle of the trench each sahabi due to the extreme hunger the pangs of hunger that they were facing they would tie a stone on their stomachs what this stone would do it would keep their back straight at the same time the coolness of the stone would fight away the pangs in the heat of the hunger they went and approached nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam because there was a boulder they couldn't break no matter how many sahabi tried they couldn't break the boulder They approach Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam they find Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam instead of one stone due to extreme hunger Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam tied two stones to his stomach At that time Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam didn't say I'm not feeling so well I'm feeling very weak I'm feeling very hungry He said show me the stone where the stone is Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam went to the stone the sahabi radiyallahu anhum they said wallahi it was only three strikes Upon the first strike Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam when he struck the stone sparks were flying out The sahaba were seeing sparks Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam said I was shown the palace of Rome the palaces of Rome The second strike more sparks Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam said I was shown the palace of Persia And the third strike the sahaba radiyallahu ta'ala anhum they said that entire stone that nobody could break through it became dust this is the second example nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam was extremely poor but at the same time nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam was the strongest person perhaps the most unique example was a third example did you ever see someone who was able to combine being a king and at the same time being a faqir being the king of kings but also being the leader of the fuqara nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam said if he this was a poverty that nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam he chose for himself which king in the world would say that i am a king by day but i have to be a pauper and i have to be poor at night which king would say i have to i'm going to be a king at night but i choose to be a faqir during the day Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam if he wanted to he could have opened up the doors of zakat for his family the largest asset and income within the muslim ummah today is the funds of zakat if he wanted to he could have said everyone take zakat my family also you take zakat the problem would have been solved but nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam said that this money is not halal for my family This money is not halal for my family. He is walking out one day. 
his grandson takes a date of zakat in his mouth. He tries to put it inside his mouth. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is rushing towards his grandson. A person, he might be strict with his son, but when he sees his grandson, his grandchildren, his heart is going to melt. Imagine the difficulty in the heart of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He goes to his grandson, he puts his finger in his mouth, he says, uh, uh, take it out, take it out. After he takes it out, he tells his family, this, this money, this wealth is not halal for the family of Nubuwa. Why was his grandson going rushing towards that date? His grandson was rushing towards that date because there was extreme poverty in the house of Nubuwa. This was the miraculous personality of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. That miracle of combining the paradox. That miracle of his personality was such he was able to combine opposites. This too, the scholars of hadith and the ulama have written under the miracles of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. What a miracle. But they mentioned the most, even more unique than this. Even more unique than the personality of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, even more miraculous than this, was the inqilab and the revolution caused by Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam amongst the Sahaba. And he used, the people who he used to create such a revolution were such people that the last person on the face of the earth would have never thought that these people, through the hands of them, this revolution would take place. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa mentioned that my mission, he said, That I was sent to bring character, to bring good character to such a level that the world has never seen. So what I wish to do in the remaining few minutes that I have, the last few days of Ramadan are coming up. When we make dua in the hopes of catching Laylatul Qadr, we should be making dua for this one character, one quality of having good character. I will explain to you three levels of good character, each one more difficult than the rest. But if we want to create a revolution in our time, we have to adopt the same means and methods that Nabi Wasallam taught us during his time. They always say that we have, we're going to have brighter futures. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa mentioned that the future is not going to be bright. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa mentioned khayrun nasi qarni thumma alladheena yalunahum thumma alladheena yalunahum The best of times is my time, the time of the sahaba radiallahu ta'ala anhum. Then after that is the time of the tabi'oon. Then after that is time of the tabi'a tabi'oon. After that, you don't hear anybody mentioning the names because Nabi ﷺ never mentioned. He said, then the times will get more difficult, more difficult. He said, close to Qiyamah, there will be fitanun mudlim, tests and trials and tribulations that are like dark, dark nights. So we're not going to have brighter futures. We're going to have darker futures. The end of the hadith, a man... You're thinking, a person's thinking, what do you mean? We're going to have brighter futures. Brighter futures, technology, don't you see everything? The hadith mentions 
that a person will be a believer in the morning. He's going to be a kafir at night. He'll be a believer at night. He'll wake up. He'll be a kafir in the morning. This is what Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam was referring to. Dark nights. When a, when there's dark nights, as we're traveling through these nights, then to travel through the dark, you need nur. In these times, we have to create our own nur. These times, as we when we when we were growing up, we saw the shifts that were that were happening. I mean, a lot can be said. Classic example: we saw the shift of the LGBTQ movement. We saw the shift. We grew up. We were there. We grew up in school. It was bad. There was a time politics happened. In the media, it became legal. People are thinking it's good. We at least saw the shift. We were old enough to see it. Imagine the child growing up in school today. They never saw the shift. This is going to be their blank slate. This is what they're starting off with. Now they're going to come to the masjid. They're going to question, why isn't that the case? I thought it was always like this. You go to school, they teach you history. A child was never taught history in school. A child was never taught Muslim history in school. So what happens the first time he hears about Muslim history? Do we know the first time a child hears about Muslim history in school? High school? Classic example. First time a child ever learns about like Muslims existing is when? Is World War. World War happens. World War, everybody has to paint the picture of good guy and bad guy. Good guy is going to be who? You're studying in America, the good guys are going to be the allied forces. Who's going to be the bad guy? Germany is going to be the bad guy. Germany has always been the bad guy. But it's not about Germany. Who's allied the Axis powers? Who's allied with Germany? The Ottoman Empire is allied with Germany. So who's the good guy? Who's the bad guy without even knowing? The first impression a Muslim child gets in high school is that Muslims were the bad guys. Just giving example. Anyways, that was a side point. This is going to be, the future is going to be dark. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam during his time it was known as the days of ignorance. Scholars also mention it was called the days of darkness. During that time character was spoiled. During that time people would bury their daughters alive. During that time women were treated as slaves. During this time women are also treated as slaves. It doesn't matter how many times the word feminism is being brought. The only religion, the only way of life that gives women respect is going to be Islam from the beginning until the end. Nabi, during Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam's time, if what a time it was during Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam's time, a person whose father passed away. If their father married their stepmother, when that father passed away, the son would inherit the stepmother. An individual who was almost like a mother to you one minute, the next minute she becomes property. This was going on during that time. 
During that time, they would make tawaf around the Kaaba naked. During that time, it was such a time where people would name their sons, not Ahmad, not Muhammad, not Zaid, not these beautiful names that we all know. They would name their sons Dog. They would name their sons Fox. They would name their sons Sword. They would name their sons War. Why? Because they were naming their children for the enemy. When the enemy would hear that the enemy is coming, who's coming? They would say, the dog is coming. Kalb, Banu Kalb, Al Kalb, very famous names. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam came, he changed the names. He said, the right a son has upon the father is that he gets a good name. He would say, your name is not war, your name is something else. Your name is Mahmud, the praised one. Beautiful names. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam said, on the day of Qiyamah, that these names will be called out. So I want to hear good names. So many things were happening during that time. What was the secret? What was the revolution Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam brought about? I'm going to explain to you three levels. Three levels. The first level is when someone, this is the base level, this is the easiest level. When someone accuses us or criticizes us or hits us, attacks us, cheats us, if only we are involved, if the crime is only against me, then to just leave it. Because what haq do I have? What right do I have? Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam said, if someone hits you, someone punches you, someone kicks you, and then you ask the question, am I allowed to kick him back or hit him back? Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam said, you have the right to hit him back. You have the right to retaliate. But if you don't, then I'll be happy. If you don't do it, then I'll be happy. Because who are we? What type of rights do we have? Think about our lives. Our salah is not the best. Our fasting is not the best. We were supposed to stay away from haram. We were supposed to concentrate inside salah. My relationship with my Allah is not the best. What right do I have asking for my right from someone else? I should be fearful about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, during his da'wah to ta'if, when he was going asking the people to accept Islam, he returned with stones. He returned with his feet bleeding. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he didn't say, you know, this is the time to curse them. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam lifted up, lifted up his hands. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam made dua for them. From that dua today, from the progeny of Ta'if, we have Muhammad bin Qasim. Muhammad bin Qasim was the conqueror of what is today known as the subcontinent. Today, because of that dua, today we're Muslims because of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam's compassion. Perhaps their progeny will accept Islam. That's exactly what happens. When the people of Ta'if hear this story today, they begin crying. This was the first level. The first level, if someone wrongs us, we don't ask for our right. Because in reality, if we think about it, we don't deserve that right. That was the easy level. Level two, after we forgive someone, our heart still hurts. 
Our heart still feels the pain. I don't want to see that individual. You see a cop giving a ticket to someone, I hope he gets a ticket. We still don't want to, our hearts aren't, we don't let it go. Safwan bin Umayyah, Safwan bin Umayyah, the son of Umayyah bin Khalaf, whoever went to Ta'aleem, they would hear over and over again that a person who discards their salah, they will be resurrected with the likes of Haman and Qarun and Fir'aun and Umayyah bin Khalaf. Umayyah bin Khalaf, the Fir'aun of this ummah was Umayyah bin Khalaf. His son was Safwan, he takes after his father. Safwan is sitting, extremely wealthy individual. He's sitting by himself with his cousin, with his friend Umayr. He's saying, man, you know, if only someone could go to Medina and just take a poison sword and just make that cut, then all of this, these problems that, you know, this person is causing, referring to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, everything would just end. His friend is listening. His friend is saying, you know me, I got nothing, I got nothing to lose, man. I got nothing to lose. It's just that I have a few debts that I owe certain people and I have my wife and my children. If it wasn't for these things, I would set out and I would go. I will take care of all of your debts. I will take care of all of the needs of your family. Then Umayr sets out. As he's traveling from Mecca to Medina, the sword is dipping, being dipped in the poison, being taken out of the poison, being dipped in the poison, taken out of the poison. He's thinking into his mind, I gotta have a story when I'm there. He's saying, okay, I'm going to go. I'm going to say, in the previous battle, you took one of my family members as a prisoner. I came here for the... I got a story. He goes to Medina. Once he reaches Medina, he sees the Sahaba. He gets close to Nabi Wasallam, just waiting for that opportunity, waiting for that moment. Nabi Wasallam calls him. He comes closer. What's... What brought you here, Umair? Why are you here? He's saying, oh, I have this prisoner. I came to get him back. He's, leave your stories, Umair. What about the poisoned sword? What about the poisoned sword? Umair radiallahu anhu gets shocked. What are you talking about? Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa mentions, didn't you say that I have nothing to lose? Didn't you say if it wasn't only for these debts I had to pay? Didn't you say this? Didn't Safwan say I'll take care of everything? Didn't all of this happen? Umayr radiallahu anhu is completely shocked. He said no one was there. I didn't even tell my wife. I didn't tell anyone. How did you know? Who told you? Who informed you? Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentioned alimul khabir That the all-knowing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the all-knowing don't you think he would tell me? Umayr radiallahu anhu immediately he says, Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah. He becomes Muslim, game over for Umayr. Safwan is still there. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam enters Mecca. It's called Fath Makkah. He conquers Mecca. Safwan is running for his life. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam had orders to execute Safwan. Safwan is running for his life. Umayr radiallahu anhu. 
Sahabi now, he comes up to Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. He says, a chief of Makkah has left. Safwan is thinking that perhaps I should commit suicide. He's on the boat. Should I just jump off? Because dying a noble death is better than living a life of disgrace. Umair radiallahu anhu is in front of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. He says that he left. He's contemplating about taking his life. Can't you do anything to save him? Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam says, give him full guarantee. Full guarantee, nobody, not a single individual will touch him. Umair says, he's not going to believe me. I need some proof. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam takes off his imama, the sign of respect, sign of dignity. He takes off his imam and said, this is my personal imam, but go show him. Umair runs, he finds Safwan, he says, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam has offered you protection. Safwan returns. Upon returning, the kuffar, they still have this takabbur, this arrogance. He says, I heard you guaranteed me protection. If it was you and me, we would have said, until he doesn't accept Islam, he's not going to come back. You know, he has to put his nose on the ground, disgraced. He says, I'm not going to accept Islam, you know. Nabi Wasallam said, no problem. He said, I want two months. Nobody should be able to touch me. Nabi Wasallam smiled. He said, I'll give you four months. Four months. But then after interacting with the Muslims for four months, who wouldn't become Muslim? After a long time, after those four months, Safwan also becomes Muslim. His story is also very amazing. But for another time. This was the compassion and the good akhlaq of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. He wasn't concerned about the stories from before. He wasn't concerned about what happened in the past. He let it go because saving one Muslim from the fire of Jahannam. This was level two. The first level was not to ask for retaliation, just forgiving. Level two was to clean the heart, to just let it go. Level three was to have a merciful heart. Not just to let it go, but to make dua for the same enemy. He was an enemy a second ago to make dua for him. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam during the battle of Uhud, they attacked him. His teeth started bleeding. Immediately Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam began to say, Allahumma ghfir li qawmi fa innahum la ya'lamun. Oh Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive my nation because they do not know. That merciful heart, that merciful heart during Ta'if, that merciful heart during Uhud, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam, the way he prayed, there was an individual by the name of Ubay bin Salul, Ra'sul Munafiqeen, during the battle of Uhud. Anything bad that happened to Islam, you could have blamed Ubay bin Salul. During Uhud, when Nabi during the beginning of the battle, if you were to blame someone for the death of Hamza radiallahu ta'ala anhu, then you would have blamed Abdullah bin Salul. In, right in the beginning, the forces were already so limited. He took back 300 forces of the Munafiqun. Then the rest of the Muslims were stuck there. If you would have blamed anyone for the defeat at Uhud, it would have been Abdullah Ubay bin Salul. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam's beloved daughter, our mother, Hadrat Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha, she's accused of committing adultery and zina. Who started the rumors? Ubay bin Salul. 
Ra'sul Munafiqeen. But death comes to everyone. Death comes also to the leader of the Munafiqun, the leader of the hypocrites. His son, Abdullah bin Ubay bin Salul, he is a staunch believer. He is a staunch Muslim. He has firm iman and yaqeen. He is very shy. He goes up to Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam. He knows what his father did. He's very embarrassed and shy about it. He asked Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam, "O Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam, can I use your kurta? Can I use your thawb as the coffin for my father?" Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam takes off his coffin and thawb. He gives it to him. Nabi then he asked Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam, "Can you pray the janaza for my father? We already know it's not permissible to seek forgiveness for the hypocrites. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has already decreed. In taghfir lahum sab'eena marratan falan yaghfir Allahu lahum. He told Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, even if you were to ask forgiveness for the hypocrites 70 times, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will still never forgive him. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, I'll seek forgiveness more than 70 times. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam puts his blessed saliva on the forehead of Ubay bin Salul. Upon seeing this, the historians write that 1,000 people from the tribe of Khazraj, because he was the leader of the tribe of Khazraj, 1,000 people accept Islam because seeing this behavior. This was the noble character and the miraculous character of Nabi wasallam. This was level 3, having a merciful heart. Then we'll say, we'll say it's so difficult you know, we'll blame the environment, we'll blame our children. To understand the miracle, understand how a person, his own son, his own daughter, his own wife, I've been with them for 10 years, for 13 years, for 20 years. I can't change my son, I can't change his heart. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam, in a short period of 23 years only, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa changes the hearts of 124,000 plus sahaba. Not only changes them from the lowest of the low, from the people who are blind, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa gives them so much nur and so much light that they make, the, they become lanterns of guidance for the entire mankind. These people whose hearts were dead, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa gives them the ability to revive the hearts of the entire mankind. You'll say the environment is not suitable. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam had three main enemies. The three main enemies were the Arabs that were not Muslim. Then you had the tribes of Roman, Persia, external enemies. And then you had the enemies from within. You had the enemies from within the Munafiqun. Today we also have three enemies. The three enemies are, we have the atheist, then we have the Jewish lobbies, we have the non-Muslims who are plotting against Islam day and night. It's, no, it's not hidden. Very openly they talk about Islam against Islam. And then you have those Muslims who are within our ranks, but they seem to have been bought off. They're ready to sell their deen for the dollar. Nabi wasallam had those three, we have these three, the situations are the same. The situations are very similar. Perhaps it's time to ask ourselves during these blessed nights of Laylatul Qadr. One statement and one dua, if it gets accepted, it can change an entire person's decree, change an entire person's destiny. 
One meaning of qadr is power. O oh Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we're asking for power. What type of power? Rabbana hablana min azwajina wa dhurriyatina qurrata a'yun wa ja'alna lil muttaqina imama. O oh Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, make our children, make our wives the coolness of our eyes and make us for the other believers, make us an imam. Perhaps it's not that my son, my daughter, they won't change. Perhaps it's not the environment that's the cause of this. Perhaps it's not their friends that that's, that's the cause of this. Perhaps it is you and me. Perhaps it's myself. Because I haven't brought this noble character into my life first and foremost. Because I haven't changed. Because I haven't risen to that level. Then perhaps it's because of me that those people around me are not changing. So during this late Laylatul Qadr, when we're seeking it, we're asking du'as from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to change our decree, to change our lives. Ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give us power. Ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us so pious, to make us the imams, to make us the leaders, that other people will, through us, another revolution will be created. Just like that time when Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he taught the sahaba, and the sahaba, they created a revolution that that became they were able to fight through the darkness and open up a new era of light the same way in our era of darkness we must become the beacons we must become the lanterns and we must become the lighthouses for our families first and foremost and for everyone else for humanity in general may allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us all to try to implement these characters of good qualities to forgive and forget and not only forget to make du'as for every single individual to have that fikr and worry and concern how every single person on the face of this earth can come back to Nabi the way as shown by Nabi can follow the deen of Muhammad then inshallah these were the last few advices inshallah we'll make a bit of dhikr we'll make some du'a and then we'll go break our iftan inshallah Jazakumullah khairan Subhanallahi walhamdulillahi wa la ilaha illallahu wallahu akbar 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 
سبحان الله والحمد لله ولا إله إلا الله والله أكبر سبحان الله والحمد لله ولا إله إلا الله والله أكبر سبحان الله والحمد لله ولا إله إلا الله والله أكبر سبحان الله والحمد لله ولا إله إلا الله والله أكبر سبحان الله والحمد لله ولا إله إلا الله والله أكبر سبحان الله والحمد لله ولا إله إلا الله والله أكبر سبحان الله والحمد لله ولا إله إلا الله والله أكبر سبحان الله والحمد لله ولا إله إلا الله والله أكبر صلى الله على محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم 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 استغفر الله 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 
Remember that during the day of Friday, during the day of Jumu'ah, we always hear that there are two times that du'as get accepted. Friday is the day of durud and Friday is the day of du'a. The first time that du'as get accepted is when the khatib, he, st- he sits down in between the two khutbas until the beginning of the salah. The second time that ulama write that du'as get accepted is before maghrib salah on the day of Friday after asr salah. So we have this Mubarak time, this blessed time of acceptance. We're also fasting. The dua of a fasting person is not rejected. The dua made at the time of iftar is also not rejected. We've been fasting the entire day. Many of us have been doing i'tikaf the entire day, reciting Quran, reciting durood, doing dhikr and pious and righteous actions throughout the entire day. Make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that the changes we have implemented into our lives during this blessed month of Ramadan, that they remain permanent outside of the month of Ramadan. Make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for all of your needs of this dunya and in the akhirah. Inshallah, we'll make a small dua together and then the rest of the brothers and sisters, inshallah, can have this individual time to make their own duas. And then we'll proceed downstairs for iftar, inshallah. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen Allahumma anta salam wa minka salam Tabarakta ya adhal jalali wal ikram Jazallahu anna Sayyidina Muhammad Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam bima huwa ahlu Rabbana zalamna anfusana Wa illam taghfir lana wa tarhamna Lanakunanna minal khasirin La ilaha illa anta subhanaka Inna kunna minal zalimin Rabbil hamhuma kama rabbayani saghira Rabbil hamhuma kama rabbayani saghira Rabbil hamhuma kama rabbayani saghira ربنا آتنا في الدنيا حسنة وفي الآخرة حسنة وقنا عذاب النار وقنا عذاب القبر وقنا عذاب الحشر وقنا من سوء الحساب ربنا ظلمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكوننا من الخاسرين لا إله إلا أنت سبحانك إنا كنا من الظالمين اللهم إنا نسألك علما نافعا ورزقا واسعا وعملا متقبلا اللهم إنا نسألك علما نافعا ورزقا طيبا وعملا متقبلا اللهم إني أعوذ بك من علم لا ينفع اللهم فقهنا في الدين وعلمنا الكتاب والحكمة والتأويل اللهم ألهمنا مراشد أمورنا وأعذنا من شرور أنفسنا اللهم انفعنا بما علمتنا وعلمنا ما ينفعنا وزدنا علما اللهم زدنا إيمانا ويقينا وفقها وفهما وعلما اللهم ارزقنا علما ينفعنا وعملا يرفعنا رب زدني علما رب زدني علما رب زدني علما اللهم إني أعوذ بك من الهم والحزن ونعوذ بك من العجز والكسل ونعوذ بك من الجبن والبخل ونعوذ بك من غلبة الدين وقهر الرجال 
اللهم اقسم لنا من خشيتك ما تحول به بيننا وبين معاصيك ومن اليقين ما تهون به علينا مصائب الدنيا ومتعنا اللهم بأسماعنا وقواتنا وأبصارنا أبدا ما أبقيتنا وجعل الوارث منا وجعل ثأرنا على من ظلمنا وانصرنا على من أعادانا ولا تجعل الدنيا ولا تجعل مصيبتنا في ديننا ولا تجعل الدنيا أكبر همنا ولا مبلغ علمنا ولا تسلط علينا من لم يرحمنا ربنا هب لنا من أزواجنا وذرياتنا قرة أعين وجعلنا للمتقين إماما ربنا لا تآخذنا إن نسينا أو أخطأنا ربنا ولا تحمل علينا إسرا كما حملته على الذين من قبلنا ربنا ولا تحملنا ما لا طاقة لنا به وعف عنا واغفر لنا وارحمنا أنت مولانا فانصرنا على القوم الكافرين اللهم اشف مرضانا ومرضى المسلمين وارحم موتانا وموت المسلمين اللهم انصر المسلمين والإسلام في سبيلك اللهم انصر المسلمين في سبيلك في كل مكان اللهم أعز الإسلام والمسلمين وأذل الشرك والمشركين اللهم اللهم اجعلنا منهم ربنا لا تجعلنا فتنة للقوم الظالمين ونجنا برحمتك من القوم الكافرين اللهم واقية كواقية الوليد اللهم إنا نسألك من خير ما سألك منه نبيك محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما سعادك منه نبيك محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وأنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم O Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we ask of you, Ya Allah, O Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, with your infinite mercy, forgive all of our sins, Ya Allah. Forgive all of our sins, our past sins, our future sins, Ya Allah. O Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, forgive the sins of our spouses, of our children, of our parents, of our families, of our extended families, of all those who we know and who we don't know, Ya Allah. O Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, make us closer to you, Ya Allah. O Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, allow us to get taqwa in our hearts, Ya Allah. Allow us to become pious and God-fearing, Ya Allah. O Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, grant us the goodness of this world and the goodness of the hereafter, Ya Allah. O Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, protect our parents, Ya Allah. O Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, grant them the highest stages of Jannatul Firdaus, Ya Allah. O Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, all of those Muslim brothers and sisters who are sick, and all of those who are sick around the world, Ya Allah, grant them full sifa and speedy recovery, Ya Allah. O Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, all those brothers and sisters who have passed away, O Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, grant them the highest stages of Jannatul Firdaus, Ya Allah. Grant their families patience and sabr, Ya Allah. All of those Muslims who are suffering around the world and being oppressed, Ya Allah. O Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, make everything easy for them, Ya Allah. O Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, remove the oppressors, Ya Allah. O Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, help Islam and the Muslims throughout the world, Ya Allah. O Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, all of those brothers and sisters who are going through difficulties in this world, O Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, in this blessed month of Ramadan, alleviate their difficulties, Ya Allah. All of those brothers and sisters who are studying in the world, O Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, make their studies easy for them, Ya Allah. O Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, forgive all of our mashayikh, forgive all of our scholars, forgive all of our teachers. O Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, allow us to become part of that chain that links us back to Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allow us to follow the sunnah of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. O Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, protect all the institutions and the madaris and all the masajid and all of those who are striving in your path and doing good deeds, Ya Allah. O Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, allow us to become their helper, O Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, protect us from ever criticizing any work of deen, Ya Allah. Allow us to become part and support each and every single part and work of deen, Ya Allah. 
Oh Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, all of those who are suffering in prisons, Ya Allah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, free them from their prisons, Ya Allah. Oh Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, all the brothers and sisters who are looking for righteous and pious spouses, grant them righteous and pious spouses, Ya Allah. Oh Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, all of those brothers who are going through visa, paperwork, and financial difficulties, Ya Allah. Oh Allah, sort all of those issues out, Ya Allah. Oh Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, whatever Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, all the goods that Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam asked you of, Oh Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we ask you from the same, and all of the evil Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam sought protection from, O oh Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we seek protection from the same. O oh Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, whatever du'as we have in our hearts, Ya Allah, O oh Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, accept them from us, Ya Allah. Rabbana taqabbal minna, innaka anta sami'u al-alim, wa tub alayna, innaka anta tawab al-rahim. Subhana rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifun. Wa salamun ala al-mursaleen, walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Brothers, inshallah, please remain, brothers and sisters, please remain busy and engage with adhkar and dhikr and tilawa and du'a. These are few minutes, but these are minutes that only come once a year. And inshallah, we can make our way towards the iftar, inshallah, when it's time, closer to time. I believe iftar is at 75, uh, 35 today, inshallah.